0: Karen Wright, it is time now for our Master Gardener segment with Karen and Barb. Barb Lampson, good
1: morning. Hey there, Karen. It's good to have you back. Well, yes, (laughs) I
0: had a great time at the fair, and as you know, I entered a number of floral arrangements and some flowers, and my husband did too, and we did very well. I got the overall reserve champion. um, I saw that. One of my arrangements. Now, it's interesting, though, this year the overall champion was a single black tulip petal. Was
1: just, it tulip petal? I thought you said petunia. I mean p-
0: yeah, tulip. petunia. Oh. Yes you're because right, there's no tulips. It. Sorry p- uh, petunia a single black velvety petunia just one flower. They didn't even have any foliage on it which I was kind of surprised but I mean it's a beautiful flower so it, obviously they looked at it and that had perfection.
1: You know what <clears throat> so when you sent me the email about that I said David we must rush off to the Nicola <laughs> County Fair. I've never seen a black petunia. Now, uh, you know, I knew there was a movie, and it was actually the Black Dahlia, and it was about mystery, and it was about a man who was a murderer. Just terrible. <laughs> anyway, so I wanted to see that. I, the, the, I went to Johnson Hall at the Nicola County Fairgrounds, Absolutely beautiful building, air conditioned, and set up so that there's lots of space. It wasn't crowded. The plants were so well um, arranged, distributed, yeah. yes. and arranged in a. a and you, you, I mean, you could see things. You could go on both sides. You go up and down. <clears throat> it was lovely. I could not find that black petunia. You
0: know, it was in just this little little. Small, probably a uh, maybe four-inch tall little sure. glass jar kind of thing. So yeah, it wasn't. So it wasn't like a standall. Like one year I got the grand champion on my um, del- Delphinium, but that was you know that's like you know three sure. feet tall sure. and boom, you can see it. Kind of like my arrangement <laughs> that was the reserve champion. That's you know it was a real big all green yeah. uh, display. Yeah. But the petunia, you'd have to look for it, Barb. And like if you didn't know, you wouldn't have probably seen it. But it,
1: yeah, it, I didn't see it. I I didn't. But I have to tell you. It was hard to zero on one thing because there were so many beautiful things. Yes, you know how your eyes are; they travel about, and I could have missed it, especially if it didn't have foliage on it. You know, no, it so. was
0: very um, in. I, in I thats the word I was looking for. Yes, but yeah, it was a good time, and you know, it was really fun to to see what all the kids have done too. Grant entered a nice um, arrangement from flowers that he picked in the yard and he got a reserve champion on his but he's in the 4-H division which is different sure, and sure. he also took his lily project which he got the
1: champion on and I saw that and that was beautiful. I wish that would have been sitting down lower so it would have been easier to read because you know if you're really interested in lilies you would really like to have your Pad and pencil there and be taking notes, you know, and and learning from him. Yeah. I got a note from uh, and pictures from my son again in Alaska, uh, and they were sent out last night around midnight. (laughs) He was still outside because, you know, they have these long days. Sure. And and you try to do as much as you can, being a typical gardener. And he sent some white, um, actually uh, Asiatic. Lilies, they were. Oh, they're blooming now.
0: now. They, oh. ha-
1: they have odd times there. And he said, You know, mom, he said, I never liked this Asiatic before. It's so hard. He said, I always try and get the pollen off before it drops on the white petals because oh. it spoils the plant. But Shit. he said, When well, I only had a couple. It just was nothing. But look at it now, a mass. And that is so true about plants. Now, this black petunia we were talking about, if you bought one petunia, it might not be so you amazing. You don't really notice it, yeah. Yeah, right. But if you have a group of them, then it's really going to look and, and outstanding. I looked
0: online, you can find seeds for black <clears throat> petunia. So they're not that uncommon. It's just that we don't, haven't grown a lot of them here. Yeah, and so, right. you know, if you want them, I think, I
1: guess, Order some seeds and start your own next year, you know. If sure, you could do that, you know. I I like, I've got uh, in the um, Asiatic lilies, I've got those that are almost black, they're black red. I know that you've got got some some of those too, and uh, and I have they they make a mass, but. I don't know that I need black petunias. I like that really deep, deep purple that you can also get. And I like some of those freckle-faced ones. I think I would go there before I'd go to a black. Well, you know,
0: know, sometimes it depends on what you're, you're looking for. Maybe you just want one. Sometimes I buy some just because then it's like the wow factor.
1: Yeah, it could yeah. go, you know, if you had a... Uh, uh, a potted plant. You wanted to use an arrangement of plants in there. That would certainly um, stop your eye and you would certainly see that. That would be absolutely great. But it's all you know, uh, this planting, this gardening is is up to the individual's taste. And that's what makes it so interesting.
0: Absolutely. Hey Barb, I had a sad thing happen this week. Really disappointing. I Uh, heard
1: about this. Yeah,
0: so you know, I have been charged by the VP here to because I'm a master gardener, to maintain the window wells. We've got deep window wells with lots of light to put plants in there to brighten up the space, make it more enjoyable, you know, rather than just this plain old glass and plastic or
1: whatever It it was nothing before. It really was. Yeah,
0: so you and I have both contributed plants and put them up there. Well, sometime between 3 and 5 p.m. on Wednesday, uh, a beautiful, beautiful spider plant in a beautiful pot Disappeared as well as a calancho plant that I had given to our gal down the hall, Kim, for administrative assistance day, which was a beautiful pink and bloom and et cetera. They both disappeared between wow. that time, and I thought, why in the world does somebody think it's okay? To take these yeah. out of a window. I mean, these are my personal property for one thing. I don't know if they figured, well, it's the universities, they can just buy more. I don't know if that's still wrong. And you know, we talked about that too. It's not okay to go around and pick flowers from parks or cemeteries. C- cemeteries or um well anywhere. In your neighborhood. I yeah. mean Unless yeah. you ask. Yeah. I've had a lady that has asked me, and I and I was happy to give her, because yeah. she asked. Yes. Cause, yeah, because yeah. I know they'll come back. But you don't know what that person has planned. Maybe they want to enter in the fair next week or something. And, yes. But there are
1: people, Barb, who even dig up plants, and that is yes. so wrong. Yeah, it is. You know, it was so interesting when I had this uh, little uh, nursery school group over, and the one little girl, because we had the white clover in the mm-hmm. lawn, she was picking it up, and, and her daycare provider said, no, put it back. You can't touch that. (laughs) And I said, oh, it's all right. She said, no, it's not. Because this little one has a problem of picking flowers wherever she wants to go. (laughs) She's learning to look, but not Ah, touch. So, you know, you think, wow. Whoever would pick up a potted plant or dig up a plant, they just didn't learn that as a child. It's not all right. It's no,
0: it, you know, and it, it it makes you feel violated. It really does, because I it's agree. like just something that you brought for everyone's enjoyment. And people, you know, always comment, oh, that looks so nice and everything. And then somebody thinks, well, it's really nice. I want it. Yeah. You know, I was reading. So then I started reading about... Um, plant theft. And over in England, I think it's one in seven people have plants stolen from their, really? their yards. Yeah. Right. And then there are people who will go to grocery stores or, you know, where they're selling plants and, sure. and take the plants and then they just resell them like on marketplace or something for a lot less than you'd have to pay uh-huh. for them. But
1: I mean, I just, <sighs> yeah. You know, there are people too that just go, uh, on nature walks and things, and look for our native plants, and, and they dig up those and, up. Yeah, because you know we—they belong to all of us, and we all have to speak up for these native plants because that's what happens when there aren't any anymore. And it's gotten so that, uh, like at Minneapolis Park, they have a lot of native plants. But they're not going to lead you on a walk and show you where they're at because there might be someone that will be tempted to take it out, to dig them up. And, you know, when I was doing the gardens up at Betsy Tacey, I would plant something and maybe two weeks later it would be gone. And it was so discouraging. I, too, felt like it's so personal yeah like you know here I am you see me out in your neighborhood working in these gardens and people will stop and say well this looks so good yeah and thank you for doing this and then it disappears it's like are you kidding me do you know one
0: they've had (laughs) a lot of trouble with is the pink lady slipper which is the state flower of Minnesota because really they're really I mean far up north they grow them and they grow really well so if you're up there and you're thinking "Oh, I'm gonna take one out of the woods you yeah. probably probably won't live down here because it's not the right area. But still, they have found that you know they're they're decreasing in number and that sort yes. of thing. And there are people who are I don't know if it's license or permit or what it is they get to actually raise these. And you can get them. And yes, they're very expensive. But right. if you can't grow them down here, you <clears throat> you just, know. And, yeah. and
1: the deer. Um, I knew two women. They didn't have the pink lady slipper, but they had the golden one, the yellow, and and they raised those. But, you know, like out of five years, maybe one or two of them, they would get the blooms because the deer come up and they eat them right away. That's really... Not fun either <laughs> no. to, to to work so hard to keep something going, you know. But at least
0: you know the animals don't have a conscience, and so no. they don't know better. But you know, when people do it, you think like, oh, ah, yeah. they should know better.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> congratulations on your wins at the fair. I think it's so important to for people to participate at the fair, whether you just go visit, like I do, yeah. or whether you exhibit something. And and boy, Saint Peter or Nicola County. They have spent a lot of money on their buildings and making it really a great fair. And I thought, oh my goodness, air conditioning, places to sit, easy to park, all of these things are so great. And you know what? Vine had a bus that took people to Saint Peter for free. Oh nice. It dropped them off right in front of Johnson Hall there and and picked them up afterwards. I talked to the bus driver. He was in looking at the flowers too. Oh, wow. Okay. And cooling off. He said it was the coolest place on the fairgrounds. Because, so. You
0: know, they also rent out that building for events, like whether it's a wedding reception, yeah. things like that. So they're able to, you know, get some income to keep it up, which is really a, a cool thing that it they do. It was good
1: planning. And yeah. you know what? It's unfortunate that at Blue Earth County, our commissioners haven't seen fit to put money into that fairgrounds, which would attract more people those old buildings that we had were not very much fun to be exhibiting in. They just really weren't. So on the, maybe it's not such a light side, but I had two kind of anomalies in yes. my gardening on Wednesday. No, Thursday. Yesterday was Thursday. Yesterday, mm-hmm. I was out early in the morning to trim a hops vine, and I looked down, and there was a little... Dead rabbit hmm. and his head was missing. So I oh, ran into the house. I yep. said, David, David, come quick. It's an emergency. <laughs> I'm always so terrified when I see something that's dead. So he comes out with his gloves and his shovel and his bag and he he's, takes it away. And I stepped back to watch him and I said, Oh my goodness, there's another one. And here was another little rabbit, rabbit with its head gone about, you know, three feet away. And as he was cleaning that one up, I found a third one. So three little rabbits.
0: And So that means you have an owl or a red tail hawk in your yard. Or a cat. Oh, no. Well, uh, I'm just thinking of the conversations I've had with Al Bat. The conversations are if if you find a rabbit and the heads are gone, it's the wildlife experts say it's likely the work of an owl or a red tail hawk.
1: Well, we we thought of an owl because we've seen an owl mm-hmm. up and around, but we've never, um, we, we, whereas we have seen a black cat. And, but cats don't usually take off
0: the head bar, but, so, I mean, it's yeah, probably well, the.
1: So, well, <clears throat> whatever it was, it was very shocking, but even <laughs> more surprising was the fact how, where were these little bunny rabbits when I've been gardening out there oh, Barb. on hands and knees. They hide in the weirdest places. You know, I find that when I'm, you know,
0: sometimes you're just rooting around and all yeah. of a sudden you, you doesn't look like anything. And then all of a sudden there's just like these big clumps of grass and you're like, what, what is it? Oh, it's a bunny nest. They just kind of burrow in and they just hide well, all this well, stuff. they must. And it looks know, natural.
1: So afterwards I thought, you know, the one place I have these gorgeous chrysanthemums, they are like. A tent out there, they go from the top on down solid, so you don't you can't look and you'd have to kind of part the branches uh-huh. to see. They may have, have had uh-huh. a home in there, and how the hawk or whatever it was that got them knew that's that's kind of a mystery to us, too.
0: Oh, Al Bat will tell you about that. They are, I mean, they will just sit there and watch, and yeah. any yes. movement, they are so astute
1: at just seeing sure yeah well i'll mention it to albat and we can chat about that on yeah. tuesday too yeah that'll be great and that okay here's the other anomaly so <clears throat> later on in the afternoon i was out and i wanted to move an amaryllis which was uh one of the ones that you put out in the summer you take it in in the winter and it blooms you know after the first of the year mm-hmm. and so it it was in the wrong spot and I had bought a plant. Outside, wanted, you mean? It was out in the wrong spot? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was in the wrong spot. I'd had this choice spot so I wouldn't forget it out there uh-huh. because it was such a big bulb. So I got out my Hori Hori knife, and I went about three inches away from the edge of the, where the bulb was showing and dug out very carefully and lifted up, and that was fine. And to the side there were... Uh, I have this variety of daffodil that's a smaller one. Sure. So that apparently, you know, I had close to it. You could see from the edge. So I thought, oh, I better widen this a little bit more and I'll go a couple inches wider sure. on the margarine here. So here I am with my Hori Hori. I'm digging down and went about a couple of inches all the way around. And I put my hands under this, this clump and I lifted it out and I saw something. It was dark. It was very soft. I put my hand underneath it. It was a great big frog. Whoa! It was alive under the, under the earth. Yes. Oh my gosh! So a frog or a toad? Well, so my husband said that must have been a toad, but I thought frogs were the ones that had the spots on their back. The, well, toads do too. Was it?
0: Was it kind of shiny, smooth, or more kind of lumpy?
1: No, I don't know if. They, it, you know, it was covered with dirt. Okay. So, so anyway, I gently lifted it out, <laughs> and I touched it, and it was so nice and soft. Was it big? Kind of a big one? It, like? was, it was big, yeah. It fit
0: in your whole hand.
1: Yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah. It was big. And I had this uh, saucer, which is about, oh, I'd say 12 inches in diameter. Like a dinner with, plate kind of. S- with water that was out there for yeah. the whatever comes out there. And I put them in there. And he sat for a little while, and then he shrugged himself up, hopped out. <laughs> and, see, I didn't know that frogs would go underground.
0: Well, I mean, I know in the winter to to hibernate or whatever they do, they go under the mud in the water. But I didn't know, like, in the summer or
1: where they right, go. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, it was interesting because when I planted this amaryllis out there, I always kind of improved the soil sure. more for them because it it, to get them back out again, I want the soil to be really light. Right. And something after I had planted it, had dug around it, I thought it was a squirrel. I thought, you know, he thinks this is something he can eat. And it went down about maybe two inches. So after I saw that, I just filled in some more soil again, and and that was fine. I wonder, was that the squirrel that did that, and the frog took advantage of that, Hmm. and then went under? Or did the frog do it? Or did the frog do it? Yeah, good. ask Elbat.
0: <laughs> well, to, yeah, that's a good question. You know that it, it's the really amazing thing. You know, one I remember one spring when I was cleaning out debris from over the winter, and all of a sudden, out of the ground came this this bee, and I was and it shocked me because I didn't realize that bees often live in the ground. Yes, yes. And so you know, things with nature when
1: you garden, you discover so much. You do, you do. So this morning I was out with my guide to Minnesota bumblebees, the males. Because both Dave and I saw the biggest bumblebee we've ever seen before. Okay, And it tells us here, first, if you're going to identify them, these are all of them. There's a lot of them there. The, wow. The, yes. Uh, first determine which yellow highlights your section of the bee. Is it for the first section below the head, or is it the middle section, or is it the the back part. So you decide on the yellow, then you follow your guide to say, yes, that's yellow, that's right. And then what is the next section? Well, and this B, the next section was black. Okay. Well, then how much of it was black? Was it a lot? Well, yes. As a matter of fact, it seemed like it was quite a bit. And then there was just a little stripe of yellow. And I could be wrong. (laughs) It could either be Gypsy's cockadoo kaku cocko. How do you spell
0: it? How do you spell
1: it? C U K O O. Cuckoo Cuckoo. 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 I would say cuckoo, yeah. Gypsy's cuckoo bumblebee. (laughs) I like that. Or it was the indiscriminate cuckoo bumblebee. Wow. So one of those two. This is really a handy sheet to have. Where
0: did you get that from? Maybe we could all get. Is it the extension service? Because that is a um, nice little diagram illustration. This, yeah, this is this. Oh, is it does say Minnesota on the back. Look University at
1: your, of Minnesota. Yeah. yeah so right. ask
0: them for the bumblebee
1: guide did, to Minnesota. Bumblebees oh. males. Great. Just this is just males. That'll give you a, that'll give you uh, some help there. Yeah. Because, you know, oh, here, there's... Here, wait, on the other side, oh, there's females. Yeah, so, well, so
0: many, I was going to say, so many of the bumblebees look similar, but, and so you really... Because oh, yeah. they're, they're black and yellow, and if you don't really, cause it's kind of like a bird, unless you know what you're looking for, sometimes yeah. it's hard to tell. You know,
1: big and small, and you know those two colors. And then also, when I was out on uh, one day, I saw my first, really identified my first rusty patch bumblebee. Oh, did you? Good. I was, it was like... Hmm, Like a new friend, you know, it was just just so good. Here's what I discovered. When you have a a big, massive planting of something and the bees love it, you have a better chance of identifying it because they stay in that patch. They don't go flittering about. So there's a lesson for you. If you want your grandkids to see bumblebees or any kind of pollinator – Make one solid patch and and then you can do another. I mean you can do a clump, one solid clump. You
0: know, if you wanna attract there's nothing more than I've seen as Econops. Those they look like yes. those big thistles with those big globe, purple globes, and they are kinda of prickly. Yes. But my goodness, Barbara, I have seen more pollinators on those than yes. anything in my garden and it's not just one type. They attract every single type and they literally buzz.
1: And you know what? They are a very kind of clumpy thing with a deep root, but you can divide them, and you can move them around. All right.
0: How do you do that, Barb? Because when Jeff and I moved one, the tap root was so deep. It's a big, deep tap root, and I feel like I I have mine in the wrong place. They're on the edge, and they get so tall. I didn't realize Mm -hmm. they would get so tall because I didn't obviously plan. So how would you
1: recommend? Because the tap root just goes down, down, down. You know, it's so interesting. If you if you go to the anything that's to the side and then try and divide it off You'll just get part of the root, but then put it in a place and keep it watered. Should and,
0: should come back? Yeah,
1: yeah, it it comes back. It's really really hardy. You could also save seed from that as well.
0: Oh, I think they are starting to reseed themselves, which yeah. is why I'm thinking I should cut the heads off, or they're going to be everywhere. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's that. Because they are prickly. But I mean, they are prickly, but you know, uh, it's something that you want to put to the back of the border because they do they shoot out. It's yeah every which way. And mine have
0: kind of crowded out some of the lilies and even my hardy hibiscus, they've sort of taken over. Sure. Although when, you know, when I I planted them, it was one of those things where I had, I bought, I got six of them, I mail ordered them and they came at a weird time. So I had kind of everything already in and I didn't have any place to put them. I'm like, well, here's some space. And I just kind of threw them in and put them close thinking, because the roots look kind of bad. I didn't think they'd come back. Well, obviously they did. And now I'm... (laughs) (laughs) the
1: results. You know what else I discovered from having this garden in the front of my house so I can look out? Um, I have different clumps of cannas out there. Mm -hmm. And the hummingbird, I don't know if there's just one or if there's two, but I only see one at a time. I see them in the front yard, and I see them in the backyard. And the canna flower, each individual flower makes up one stem. So you look like you think you've got just, um, it's just a flower, but there's individual flowers in there and they come buzzing around. They stick their little beak in there and they get their nectar and they're in and out. And they they pretty much uh, are where there's, you can see them selecting which one of the series of flowers they are gonna put their little beak in and, and siphon off nectar. I think uh, that I value that flower more than I used to because I always had it in the very back of my border and I actually couldn't see these individual flowers or what was going on. Now some of the bees visit there but most of the especially the bumblebees they like a flower that has is a little more open than what those real thin Particle flowers are that make up the canis. Well, the,
0: what are the ones that have the the turtle heads? How the the turtle heads are like actually closed at the top, mm-hmm. and the bees actually stick. The, I mean, you can't even see the the pollen part, and they actually stick their head in there, and they're designed so they can purposely get in there to get the the pollen or the nectar. And then you can't even see them on the outside because the little thing closes over them, so you wouldn't even know if they're in there. And it's just amazing that that nature works that way. You know, I'm talking about those turtle heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah I
1: do, I do. Yeah, and cool. uh, in my garden, the turtle heads aren't blooming yet.
0: Okay, uh, yeah, I've down the natives; they're all down in my native pollinator sure, garden sure. down by the lake. But.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I um, went to a um, a nursery sale, and I thought I really don't need anything. But you know how that is when you think you don't need anything. You always find something (laughs) that you do need and you can't go home without. And one of the things that I found was an oriental lily. And it's called rose lily. Anuska. I've got that. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. It doesn't have pollen. Right.
0: I've got that and it is very beautiful. And I've got another one that's um, similar to that. It's like a double... Lily, it almost looks like it's a quadruple because it has so yes. many petals, but it doesn't have pollen, which is kind of nice, especially if you have allergies like you do. Yes. But I also have another that I can't remember the name of, it, but it's it's more light yellow, like that kind. Well,
1: well, this this is so full, and uh, I guess I probably bought it two weeks ago. It was blooming in a pot, okay, and I got it into the soil, and this plant is so gorgeous. It's so delicate, and it's so thick. I mean, it's, um, if you thought maybe you didn't like lilies, Boy, you'll sure be sold on this one. And ours, we've
0: I've had mine in the ground for oh, two or three years, and it it comes back as a big, nice big clump, and it's even more beautiful. Yeah, so oh, you'll be happy you got it. Oh, I can them. hardly wait. For I that. have the weirdest thing. I have one Asiatic lily that's blooming now in my yard here in Mankato. Yes, and it's just so odd because usually they they're long done. Yes, but I've got one, and then of course I've still got some Orientals that are blooming that yes. are just gorgeous, and they smell so great.
1: Yes, you know it's uh, those Orientals. Uh, The ones that are getting more sun, they were their first to bloom. The ones that are in a different spot, they get the morning sun, but they don't get anything in the afternoon. And I've got one there. And that one is just you know that's gorgeous too. Yeah, it's just starting to bloom. The, the microclimates are at work. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That is so absolutely true. Right. So Barb, I
0: know the state fair is coming up, and if you want, there are a, a lot of the different organizations have special days that they will be showing off their their plants. Like the Minnesota Hosta Society has a couple days. The North Star Lily Society has theirs, yes. the Dahlia Group. So if you want to see certain flowers on a certain day in that beautiful horticulture building, you have to look at the schedule because um, a lot of times they are just a couple days, they, sure. they share space and sure. put out new flowers, just FYI. You know,
1: I, I think it's so interesting. I was uh, talking to a lady at the swimming pool yesterday and uh, she goes to the Nicola County Fair, she goes to Brown County Fair, she goes to Wasika County Fair, and now this weekend she was going to the um, Otana, uh, which is Steele County, mm-hmm. I believe. Which is going on right now. Yeah, that's what she was going to, and she also goes to the State Fair, and uh, she said uh, she used to take her brother who uh, was quite elderly, and she said, he just lived for the fair. And I think that's so interesting. Uh, Who are the people attending the fairs? Well, they must be all ages, but certainly people that have raised plants Uh, whether it's fruits or vegetables or flowers, they sure want to go see what's new.
0: One of my favorite things is to go see the largest pumpkin or largest vegetable because it just amazes me how you can get a 1,600-pound pumpkin that you can, for one thing, to get it to grow that big, and then they got to put them on pallets to bring them there. I know. It's crazy. I know.
1: You know, um, uh, when we go to the, um, oh, it's um, visiting the farm day. Uh, We went a couple years ago. And these, this farmer, this family, they raised uh, the pumpkin, and it's on. A, they they oh. start growing it on a pallet, oh, I, yeah, yeah, and then they lift that with their tractor and that. But you know, they are the homeliest thing ever.
0: Well, they are because sometimes they get kind of lopsided and flat. But yeah, they are.
1: They are. But, and in a lot of work, they put down how many gallons of water oh, they had to put on that thing. Yeah. So. Uh, and I know that there's.
0: I've seen some that will actually build little sheds over them so they don't get damaged by hail or things. Oh, you know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So. Yeah. And it's other, a labor of love.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and this whole garden was fenced where where they had this at. Hey, you know what we've been getting in our garden? Lots of cucumbers. We're getting tomatoes. D- um, David has made uh, different kinds of pickles. They're really delicious, and um, now this week he made relish, which uses uh, cucumbers and onions and two kinds of uh, peppers, not hot peppers. Sweet peppers. So Jamie, our granddaughter, called last night, and I said, you know what? We just tapped a pint. Your mm. papa and I. Uh, and she said, You did? I said, <laughs> Oh, it was a pint of relish. We're, he's making brats on the grill, and we're going to try the new relish on the brats. Oh, funny. And it was very good relish, yeah. Well, yeah. wonderful. Well,
0: I know I, we're harvesting a lot just when making salsa, and the, it's the harvest time of year. So if you can get to a farmer market, if you don't have your own, the stuff is fresh. Yes. Thank you, Barb. It's always great to have you on the show, and we will see you next week. Okay. Thanks, Karen. Thanks to our listeners, too.